It's that time again. It's Greek for the week. I'm Chris Palmer. Let's open our Bibles and get right down to the original language, the Greek. God bless you. It is the Greek for the Week podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. And I want to say this right from the beginning. Christianity is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. Christianity is not going to become a thing of the past. And that is what we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, make sure that if you know you have a friend you can share this podcast with and say, hey, they go deep on it and uh, they go into the Greek. This would be a great time for you to share it with friends before you go any further and listen to it. Say, hey, Check this out. It's a great podcast. Share it around. Spread it around. We cover a multitude of different topics and all from the New Testament. Now, some people send me verses and they say, hey, can you do this first? And it's in the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament. And we wouldn't have a New Testament without the Old Testament. But the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. So let me say that because I get verses sometimes uh, from the Old Testament. And you know what? If you want a breakdown of the Old from the Hebrew, there's probably some Hebrew scholars out there on Instagram that can help you or wherever. But I work with the Greek, and some people, well, one time someone said, well, you don't think that the Hebrews is as important as the Greek? I says, no, of course it is. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I've, I've only been able to spend time studying the Greek. I haven't got around to becoming a Hebrew scholar. And uh, probably won't just because you can't do everything in life that you want, can you? Uh, so let's go to Acts chapter 5. And we're going to look in the book of Acts. Now, Acts was written by Luke. And I love the book of Acts. It's a continuation of Luke. If you want to do something interesting in your Bible study times, read the book of Luke and then go right into the book of Acts because that's where it picks up where Luke left, uh, leaves off because Luke is the same author. Luke was a physician. We know that. And at the same time, let me say this a, a little bit about biblical writing. Uh, the narrator, you have to understand. One of the best ways to get into God's Word is to understand what the narrator is doing. The narrator is explaining to you a story. Now, Luke will explain to you the story beginning with uh, the ascension of Jesus into the coming of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, into the beginning of the formation of the church, into the life of Peter, where uh, <clears throat> he's on the uh, rooftop. He sees a vision. The Lord says, Don't call clean what I've don't call unclean what I've called clean. That's the gospel that's coming to the Gentiles, and then the Spirit of God comes again. He feels the Gentiles fulfilling his promise. Um, and then, of course, we pick up the life of Paul back up. Acts chapter 9, we see the life of Paul, and how, and then from that point forward, we begin to see now Acts becomes about the life of Paul. But before we get to the life of Paul, we have Acts chapter 5, you have this movement called the way. Now the way is Christianity, uh, comes from when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, or the hodas, or the hodan, depending on what case you're taking it in, a genitive or accusative, uh, or a nominative case, the hodan, hodas. Um, but he's the way, he's the road, he's the pathway to salvation. So when you said the way, you're saying that this is the way of salvation. Now, Christianity was seen for a long time as just a sect of Judaism, uh, but the Jews, of course, were very annoyed by the Christians. They didn't like the Christians because they didn't, the Jews at that time, majority of them, didn't believe that Christ was the Messiah, and they began to turn their backs on the Christians and send them over to uh, the Romans, the Romans began to persecute them because under Judaism they were protected because Jews were protected. They were allowed to practice their religion uh, in Palestine, but which was a Roman territory. But then the Jews were beginning to tell those at the time that Christianity was not uh, a sect of Judaism. That's when persecution began. But uh, so you see in Acts this conflict with Christianity and Judaism. And uh, that's kind of where we're at. So you have this you have this gentleman by the name of Gamaliel, and he was the Apostle Paul's teacher. He was a wise individual, and he was a critical thinker. And they're beginning to assess Christianity 
about whether or not Christianity was, was from God. And uh, he was a Pharisee. It says here in verse number 34, Acts 5, 34, but a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put men outside for a little while. And he said to them, men of Israel, take care what you are about to do with these men. Okay? For before these days, Theodos rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. Okay, so he has Peter, and they're getting ready to uh, you know, decide what they want to do with Peter. Peter had been arrested. What are we going to do with him? They want to kill him. And Gamaliel kind of comes to defense and says, hey, listen, let's, let's be careful, okay, uh, before we make any decisions about what we want to do. Then he says in verse number uh, 37, after him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished and all who followed him were scattered. So now Gamaliel's wisdom is going to come into action about Peter and about the disciples, about the apostles, about this movement called Christianity, if it's from God, if it's not from God. And this is this is where Greek comes into play now. Now, we're not going to see this in English, There's, and it's not because the translator is not trying to give it to you, but you really can't give it to people because Greek or any other language, when you translate into another language, it loses its uh, nuances sometimes when it comes over into another language. Look at it here. So it says in verse number 38, So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. Now, here's where we want to look at for the Greek. It says, for if... Now, that's a very important word, if. In the Greek here, it's ian. E, or it's E, Epsilon, Alpha, Nu. En, this plan or this undertaking is of men, it will fail. Verse number 39 says, but if, now you would think that if would be En, okay, Alpha, excuse me, Epsilon, Alpha, Nu, but here it's not. It's Epsilon, Yoda, which is A, like way is in way. A, but A, it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. So Gamaliel is giving an ultimatum. He's presenting two hypothetical situations. Now, the first case, he's saying if it's not from God, then this is going to fail. Now, that's the principle of life, okay? Then he says, but if it is from God, you got to be careful because if this, is, this way is from God, then you're, you're going to be opposing the move of God. Now, it doesn't seem to us to be that significant. It would make sense that this is good wisdom. But this is where Luke, as the narrator, takes advantage of the fact that he is the narrator. And I've talked about this on Bible Hacks before. It's where the narrator kind of winks at you, wink, and gives to you something interesting about the text and the way that he writes it. Now, this is going to get very academic here for a second. So in when you see the, the word here, an, this is... There's different ways in Greek to present conditions and hypotheticals, okay? There is the protasis and the apodasis when you use if. If this, then this. So the protasis is the first case scenario. If, if uh, like this, if I say, if it is cold outside, that's the protasis. The apodasis is, then I'll wear my coat, okay? So if it's cold outside, then I'll wear my coat. What we have here in this hypothetical situation is something that's called a third-class conditional clause. Third-class condition, uh, what it essentially does is it presents something that is uncertain of fulfillment. We don't know. If it's cold outside, maybe then I'll wear my coat, but I don't know. And you know it's a third-class condition because anytime it's a third-class condition, the uh, N is always used. Okay, so we know this third-class condition, and we know that from the Greek language, this is 
presented as uncertain. We don't know. Maybe maybe this isn't from God. Uh, and if it maybe if it's not from God, maybe then they'll be killed or this will be stopped. Uncertain. So the readers, you read in the Greek, say, oh, not only does Gamaliel think this is uncertain because Luke is writing it, Luke is presenting Gamaliel as saying that this is uncertain. But this is where Luke gets interesting and creative with his writing. We see here that in the next, okay, hypothetical or uh, conditional clause, he says, uh, <laughs> find, it, find it real quick. Okay. For if this plan or undertaking is of men, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to throw them. What we see here, this A here, is telling us that this is, this is a first-class conditional clause. First-class condition used with A, meaning first-class condition assumes that the hypothetical is likely to come to pass. It's the more likely of the scenarios. And you would present it in a way that it assumes truth for the sake of argument. So you could say, instead of saying, if it's rainy outside, if it's cold outside, I'll wear my coat. It's uncertain. You begin the hypothetical or the protasis by saying, let's say for sake of argument, it is sun, it is cold outside. Then I will wear my coat. So you're presenting the more likely scenario by using a first-class conditional clause. And so the readers would have seen the E, the A, and would have said, wait, wait, wait a second. Even though this is still another hypothetical, the way Luke is writing this, he didn't use a third-class condition. He didn't use Ain. He used A. So even though Gamaliel thinks that these two might be, you know, six in one hand, half dozen the other, Luke is winking at you because by using that first-class conditional clause, he's telling you that even though the, these are hypotheticals being presented, the more likely scenario is the fact that Christianity is a move of God and it's here to stay. And if you try to oppose it, you're opposing Yahweh or you're opposing God. You're opposing the God of the Jews. This would have been Gamaliel's talking to the Jews. He's saying you're going to be opposing your God, Yahweh. What Gamaliel is saying is that the Jews are opposing their own God again, just like they opposed them in times of rebellion in, in, the, in the Old Testament. So... This is a, in the Greek here, we find something that's prophetic. We find a prophetic nuance here suggesting that Christianity is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. So when people like Voltaire or Friedrich Nietzsche say that Christianity is going to be a thing of the past, it's going to be found, the books are going to be found in an ancient library somewhere, I got news for you. This is prophetic in the book of Acts declaring to you that Christianity is here to stay. And wasn't Luke right? Wasn't his nuance right? 2,000 and however many years later, here we are declaring and preaching the word of God and talking about Gamaliel, talking about Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 5, all the different chapters of the book of Acts because Christianity is here to stay, and it's not, it's not going anywhere. So that's something that's interesting in the Greek, the fact that it is giving to us nuances and suggesting to us things because uh, uh, the narrator finds ways of taking advantage of the text for the sake of us. So when someone tells you, well, I don't know, the universities today, we're not teaching creationism, and you know, we're, we're teaching fluidity of gender, and we're teaching this, this, and that, and that. You just remind them. The Word of God, this is, this, this is God's holy word. God is always going to have a people upon the earth. God is always going to have people that declare His word and preach this, His word, even though there's oftentimes a mixture and it's corrupted. 
by false teachers, God will always have people who declare the truth because you know something? His Holy Spirit is still here inspiring people to teach the full gospel who are not concerned about what others think about preaching the truth. And that's the beauty part of God's word. God's word has declared it about itself that your word is from everlasting to everlasting. So be encouraged today. Christianity is not going anywhere. And Luke has told us, and he's told us, and well, I should say this, and maybe he even thought which I, you can make this argument here is that if Luke is presenting this, either Luke is winking to you, which is probably the case, but also it's possible that Luke's interpretation of how Gamaliel felt, maybe Gamaliel felt, maybe even though it's six in one hand, half, done, half dozen in the other, maybe it was seven in one hand, half dozen in the other. Maybe Gamaliel felt, maybe this is from God. Maybe this is Luke's way of suggesting to us, may, maybe Gamaliel was, he sensed conviction in Gamaliel, like, you know what, I've seen a lot, and this seems, this could be from God. Maybe God was working on his heart during that time. I don't know. The Greek might suggest that to us, though. It's interesting. It's something that we can discuss. Either way, Christianity is here to stay. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Make sure that you share it with a friend. Give it a five-star review, and we'll see you next time on Greek for the Week. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support us further, you may visit us on the web at lightoftoday.org. God bless, and good studying.